Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. If this is your first time, thank you so much for tuning in. The purpose of the Wealthy Homes Podcast is to help young families manage their finances and build wealth. To help me do that, I typically bring on other financial professionals, whether that be an insurance agent, real estate agent, CPA, an attorney, or some other professional within the financial services profession. But in this five-part mini-series, we're focusing on building wealth, primarily through entrepreneurship and business ownership, which allow you to build an income, potentially reduce taxes, and build a business asset. To help me cover this, I wanted to bring on five different small businesses throughout Southwest Michigan to hear their stories of inception all the way to success and all the bumps in the road along the way. In today's episode, we're interviewing and highlighting Tristan and Jackson Bredehoff, the owners of Cafe Rica in Bow Creek, Michigan. So without further ado, Tristan, Jackson, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate no it. So let's introduce you guys so that way they get to know you a little bit. Kind of who are you guys outside of Cafe Rica? Um, well, I'm Jackson. Tristan's older brother, and um, I don't know what I am outside of Cafe Rica. <laughs> yeah. I feel like last like five years, that's all we've been doing. Um, like just interests or, or what? Yeah, you just want yeah, some I mean, old, kind old of hobbies. Game. I don't know if you guys golf or... Yeah. Um, uh, I golf frequently. I'm in a couple leagues. A uh, big Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Oh, jeez. Yeah, big, oh, big football guy. <laughs> yeah, like going to live music, going out with friends, and uh, cool. that's about it. Yeah, so I'm Tristan Jack's younger brother, as he stated. I went to school with Connor yeah. in 2013, Harper Creek. I just got married in the end of June. Yeah, end of June. End of June. Yeah, so I got married at the end of June to my wife Michelle, and we got a dog named Bellamy. He's a little mini doodle, and cool. uh, we like to travel and eat at restaurants and live the married life. Cool. All right, so let's kind of dive into Cafe Rico a little bit. Let's go like all the way back if we can, like yeah. from like inception, conception, whatever you want to call it. Kind of how did that the whole name? How did you guys uh, yeah. decide you wanted to be a business? Well, uh, 2016 is when we were officially founded, and uh, really we just decided to start importing coffee from Costa Rica that our uh, dad had been drinking for 25, 30 years. Uh, couldn't get it up here, so we were just importing it. It first started, we went down there and we packed up two suitcases full of it and brought it back. And then that wasn't viable, so we just uh, – our mother is from Costa Rica, which is okay. why it's Cafe Rica. And um, she had some contacts down there where we were getting the coffee, and we got it all shipped up here. And that's – we were selling it online, um, and that didn't really go super great. And we just tried to figure out different ways to get people to drink our coffee. So um, one day I made cold brew with it, and we uh, just kind of decided to take it off from there. Yeah, so Jack at a Blues Fest in Kalamazoo – Brought a gallon of cold brew. We were trying to sell bags of coffee at that time. Zero customers came up to us. Maybe one guy bought it out of like pity. Mm -hmm. um, and so then we were just sitting there for like eight hours talking about how do we get people to try our coffee. The cold brew was amazing. We were like, all right, let's let's make a cold brew coffee cart. We started planning on that. We were going to go to farmers markets, and then BC Cargo actually came up, which is the seven cargo units downtown Battle Creek little incubators mm -hmm. for really micro businesses to kind of grow and try out new things. We hopped on that, did that for six months through the heat of 
summer all the way to snowing in November. Found out that people really love their products, so we were like, all right, let's let's figure out what's next. The city helped us get into a shared space where we ended up getting a an espresso machine. Again, started the whole process of figuring out what the market wanted. The market demanded they wanted a food place. So that kind of, again, pivoted our whole concept from just coffee to a small cafe. And while we were looking for our forever home, we were like, all right, we got to put a kitchen in it. So that's when we, in 2019, signed our lease at where we're at now, 62 East Michigan Avenue, uh, put in a full kitchen, renovated this historic building, uh, and then we opened up three weeks before um, the pandemic on Leap Day, and then great timing, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the pandemic happened. Jack can tell you though that was probably one of the best point of times for our business because it kind of really allowed us to slow down. Yeah. So we always like to say something or, or ask people these things like, "What was a setback that actually helped you?" Mm-hmm. And I would say that was probably our biggest one. Is uh, you know we're a brand new business three weeks in, we got to shut down. But it really benefited us because we had no idea the direction we wanted to go to with our food. And we were pretty much just throwing everything out there. Mm -hmm. And then this gave us an opportunity to actually sit down, look at what our menu was going to be and really focus on the things that we did really well. And we also, you know, did videos every single day. Like it, we had, even though we were shut down, we're doing a lot of carry out only. So it was a lot of time to sit and just do whatever. And so we made videos, we made drinks, we made different foods, and it just really solidified what we wanted to do with our restaurant. Yeah. And one of the biggest miscalculations we had were we were like, oh, yeah, we can run a restaurant with three people. That was a huge mistake. But the pandemic actually was like a help for us because we didn't have either a staff of 14 like we do now that we would have to figure out what we're going to do if we're going to have to lay them off or keep paying them and right. risk turning a huge loss. But we only had three people. Again, Jack said we were there just brainstorming, trying to figure out. We actually got in contact with a graphic designer, rebranded our whole brand. And that was a huge change. It now looks way more professional, way better. We get compliments on it daily. So that was another huge thing that came out of the pandemic was we got yeah. a whole new brand. I think a lot of businesses are working so much in the business, they don't get to work on it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people find that where either they brought in a different business partner or mm-hmm. they got an opportunity like you guys did to be able to work on the business. So I think that's really cool. So take me back a little bit farther back to like the cargo space. Right. For those who don't know, can you explain that to people who maybe live outside of Battle Creek? Yeah, they are uh, 8 by 20 cargo units and um, they're they're refurbished on the inside. They're set up to be like a business. But when we got it, it was OSB boards. And we actually, we put about 8,000 bucks into it. Okay. We painted it, we got it, we, we made it look like a mini coffee shop. Yeah. Which I think was probably the biggest bonus or biggest help really. Cause, cause everywhere we've been, we've focused on the environment that we're in and making it feel different from where we're at. Right. And so we did that. And then Tristan was there every single day by himself because uh, I was still working at the time. Okay. And uh, so before work, I'd come help him out. After work, I'd come help him out. But during the day, he was there by himself, you know, 9,500 degrees in the summer. And you're on you're in a parking lot yeah. and in a cargo box. <laughs> right. So it was yeah. real hot. Yeah. So, you know, I quit both my jobs up in Grand Rapids, 
made this leap, came down. At the time, we only had drip brew and cold brew. And then at the time, we called cold brew creations, where we would put like caramel and uh, cream in it and shake it up and say, hey, this is a (laughs) sweet drink you should try. But yeah, so like Jack said, I was there every single day, no matter what, which is one thing that really set us apart from the other six businesses was we were there every single day on time, didn't close early, no matter if it was raining, if it was a hundred degrees out and the people around us, the consumers really were like, wow, you guys stuck it through. It's weird. Battle Creek almost has this weird reputation to be like, I'm going to see if you pan out before I decide to kind of patronize your business. Um, so a lot of people are like, wow, I see you guys here every day, six 30 in the morning, just grinding it out. You guys are, you guys are different. You guys are going to make it. And so that was, that was our life for four to six months until literally it snowed and we couldn't open the doors. Yeah. <laughs> open the doors. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys own the cargo unit then? No, we leased we, it. Leased yeah. it. Um, there was oh. like a, a seasonal rate and it was actually really affordable. It was like $1,600 or something for the whole summer. Okay. That, that was the real reason we went in on it. Right. Was because it was such a good, it, it was almost too good to be true. It was such a good deal that we, could, we had, couldn't say no to it. Okay. Yeah. It was a consistent place for way cheaper than farmer's markets were. So it just mathematically made sense as a business decision. So at what point did you guys say, okay, other than you couldn't open up doors, so that was probably step one, but step two, what was kind of like your next decision of going, okay, where's the next space going to be and how big is it going to be? What can we afford? Yeah. That kind of thing. What was the thoughts behind well, that? So we'd actually started planning that in the fall because we knew eventually that was going to stop. And we, I think we actually made more money than we thought we were going to out yeah. of the cargo unit. So we were like, we got to keep this train rolling. So we worked with the same small business development office in Battle Creek. And they had a space, actually it's 80 West Michigan. It's on the, uh, it's right under the parking structure right down the street from you guys. Mm -hmm. They own all those suites down, down there. And they were already going to put someone else in there um, to incubate incubate them. And we just hopped in with them. And then we, we had to co-mingle those two businesses for what about a year. Yeah. A year and like a month or two. Yeah. And so, we were able to work with them to get that done. And then I can't even remember what rent was there. It was incredibly cheap. Yeah. Since it was shared, it was super cheap. But we've always listened to what the market demands. When we were at the car units, people were like, do you have espresso? Do you have espresso? Every single day they were asking and they're like, well, once you guys get espresso, um, that'd be awesome. And right. so we're like, all right. So that's obviously the next step we got to do. Got the espresso machine. Like Jack said, we worked with the city again to have this communal space that helped out two businesses that are both now thriving in downtown. And then again, we listened to the market. They were like, you need food. You need food. We want food. And we're like, okay, I guess that's what we got to do. We got to put out food. Um, And now food is like half our business. So it's changed. Adding the kitchen has changed our business tremendously um, for the good. That's awesome. So you guys eventually then moved to your current location kind of what was the thought behind that other than you probably wanted a bigger space um, i'm guessing yeah Yeah. we we needed a bigger space and we had we we saw how much people wanted food so we knew we were gonna have to do that and really we wanted to make our our place when you walked in to not feel like you're in battle creek anymore people tell us all times we give it gives off big miami vibes we have a big bright mural Uh, we have really cool like retro tile and that was our our biggest vision was to make it a place that people wanted to go 
and not feel like you're in a Midwest town. Right. And so we actually hooked up with our landlord in a, it's called Can Do Kitchen. And it's Can Do Kalamazoo now, but he was a leader of a workshop there. And he said, hey, I like what you guys are doing. Um, I might be buying a building in downtown Battle Creek in the very near future. Yeah. Can't tell you what one it is, but we'd love to have you guys downstairs. That was awesome. when we were in the cargo units, too. So okay. he was having meetings about purchasing a building way back then. And we were like, cool, let us know when that happens. Obviously, buying real estate as a business doesn't happen mm-hmm. as quickly as houses do, especially now. And so we were like, okay, we got to make our next move, went into the shared space and literally like two days, three days after we signed the uh, lease for that uh, building, they were like, hey, we finally purchased the building. Let's start this conversation. And I'm like, well, we just signed a year lease and we're locked in until next February. They're like, oh, okay. But then, of course, construction delays, everything ended up perfect timing the same time that they were wrapping up. We were ready to leave the other location, and it just was like meant to be. Yeah, it was pretty much meant to be. Like, like Jack said, we already had a connection with the landlord. Timing just added up just right. We had enough like runway from having the cargo units and then the shared space to actually succeed on our own. Okay. So you guys get into the new place. COVID happens. You guys are kind of revamping the menu. Kind of what went into making the menu? Was it just again you're listening to what people wanted? Was it kind of bring in the, a Cafe Rica flavor to food? What was kind of like your thought behind it? Well, we kind of stopped listening to what yeah. everybody said because they just wanted everything. They wanted <laughs> okay. whatever the heck they wanted. Soup, <laughs> yeah. everything. Um, so what we focused on, like quesadillas, those are probably our biggest ones. Um, bagel sandwiches because there's nowhere in town that does that. Okay. Uh, tostadas, which is something from our grandmother in Costa Rica. She taught us how to make tortillas. So we use that recipe still. That's awesome. And then we just focused on that. Basically, we're brunch all day, mm-hmm. all week. So we don't want to just limit you to being able to come in and have brunch on a Sunday. You can do it awesome. all week with us. And we do. Uh, we have mimosas. We do cocktails. And you can do that every single day of the week. We have a group of like night nurses that comes in and you know a couple mornings a month. And they get you know they letting loose and that's at like eight eight a.m. But they just worked the whole shift. So, right. um, but yeah, that's okay. we. It, it was funny because like we always listen to the market, but in that case, we had to like we took their their advice and what they wanted, but then we had to fine tune it to yeah, what right. we wanted to do. We had that's to awesome. find our identity, and we've always stuck to the, the Costa Rican identity, having that familial connection, and so. We basically were like, okay, people want this, but how do we put our own twist on it? And that's where like the quesadillas and the tostadas came in. And like Jack said, the on our menu, it's Maria's tortillas because it's literally named after our grandma. So we've always been like, that's got to be part of our identity and people love them. So that's awesome. So you guys cre- recreate the, the menu, but remind me if I'm wrong with this, but you got, you're still doing the the coffee sales and oh, then yeah. you were selling the cold brews. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at what point did that really ramp up? Is that something that you've just been doing since day one or did that like really start to ramp up during COVID? Kind of. Uh, we, we've been doing it since day one. We are a restaurant, but we're a cafe first. We're very passionate about the coffee we serve. It's the best in the area and we want to keep that standard up. So we're always very coffee forward. And cold brew, we actually, we've been doing that since day one. We do it a little bit differently than people. We do, we have it in kegs and we have it on a tap system 
okay. and a big kegerator behind us. And so it's like kind of like you're pouring beer. Yeah. And we've just been a cold brew driven company from the beginning, really. Yeah. And, and we've actually been in Horrocks since the Cargunit days. And, you know, as we were building our brand, that kind of fluttered. But during COVID, we got a lot more people buying gallons of cold brew. And so, yeah, our people started just trying that more because that's really all we could offer at the time. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we changed our packaging to can and just started canning them. And again, since we got new branding and packaging, it's just taken off because it just looks so much better. It's just like, wow, it pops right off the shelf. And so ever since we switched over, we've just seen a steady rise in what we're doing. We're doing a lot more stores now, selling online, direct to consumer. So we, we're hitting our stride now. That's awesome. So how did you get into Horrocks? Was that just like you had walked right in and just said, hey, we got some cold brew. I think you guys should sell it. Or was it? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, <laughs> we just walked in there and asked and they said, we, we sell there still to this day on consignment. So we bring it in and then we get paid when they get bought. Okay. But they do that with a lot of stuff like that. And it's low risk for them right. because they're they not paying for it, it until it gets purchased. And it's a good way that smaller businesses can get into Horrocks and they have a huge captive audience. Our, our sales there have even gone up even more since they've moved. There's a lot more foot mm-hmm. traffic there and a lot more yep. people there. And so our, our sales have taken off there a lot. Okay. Then you guys are in the other Horrocks too. Or is it just Battle Creek? Just the Battle Creek at okay. the moment. Um, that Getting out of the Battle Creek market has been a little bit harder just because of logistics of getting it up there. It's a refrigerated okay. product and we don't gotcha. have refrigerated trucks. And uh, up We're, until this point, we've been really in the business operating from you know a position of a critical, like we're baristas and cooks at, at the moment until, like I said, recently we've been filing our way out. So... Now we have more time to actually start expanding our footprint because we have more time to drive, okay. basically. Now, do you guys do your own canning or do you guys use like some other facility to be able to do that? We do our own and we're actually currently in the midst of purchasing a building to do even more where it's okay. going to be just a production facility. It's kind of why Tristan said buying commercial property takes forever because yeah. we've been at it since May. Okay. So we're going to be doing it there and we're going to get some uh, new machinery some other things to help make that streamline that and make that easier. Cause right now we do them one can at a time. We do them yeah. by hand, but we've gotten some more wholesale accounts. We work with uh, the KVCC Valley hub is what they're called. They're like a food distribution network. Okay. And so they'll send us an order and their truck comes, they pick it up. Bronson over in Kalamazoo is one of our biggest clients there because they buy it for their, their cafe yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. that's in yeah. the hospital. But anybody who's a part of that hub, can order it. It's online. Anybody okay. can just go on there and order cases of our cold brew. Yeah. And when we we hired Chad, he's pretty much a business partner. He took over the brewing and canning, and he's been a huge help because he's super passionate about brewing. He's loved brewing beers for a very long time. And he was like, hey, I would love to work with you guys and kind of go down this path. And so we we brought him aboard two years ago. And so that's been a great help because then it's just another person that can That's awesome. do things and be reliable. And so he's been a huge help in expanding our sales too. It's awesome. So kind of like going back to the business as a whole, what were some things that you guys had to learn pretty quick? Was it just managing employees, um, payroll? How was managing that? I mean, I think a lot of people can concept the the idea of selling coffee and, and just working as a, like a barista type deal, yeah. but how was owning a business? How was that? 
That um, was fun. <laughs> Still it, is. It's a lot though. Yeah. So we have 14 employees, so we got to pay all of them. We work with our accountants every week. We have an attorney we work with a lot. Um, just setting up all the the business part, you know, making sure our books are right, making sure contracts we sign are right and things like that. So every week we do payroll. We still do it, not manually. We have our, you know, our system does mm-hmm. it, but it's a lot of backend work yeah. that a lot of people don't see. And I think some of the stuff that we've learned is that we have to step away from the business day to day so we can do that stuff well. Right. When you're working 60 hours a week and then you have to do all that stuff, you're not really doing either well. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of floating doing it. Yeah. Learning to be a employer has been, I wouldn't say a challenge, but it's been a learning curve. I mean, the one thing you don't realize, or I guess I didn't realize, was A, how much employees actually cost. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're the bloodline of your business, but they're expensive. And, you know, like Jack said, you got to do payroll every week. You got to make sure that you got your payroll taxes all set up just so that you can function as a business. And there is a lot of back end work that as an employee, you don't ever see. Even as right. in management, you probably don't see because someone else is managing that part of the right. business because it's a lot. So when it came to hiring employees, was it more of a we have the money to do it or was it we need somebody really bad? And so we'll figure out the finances later, kind of which one went first. It's more of a need most of the time. Yeah, we were we were getting we were so busy we had to get people. Yeah. And um, it's still there. We're still, you know, I would say our retention is pretty high in the for the industry, but it's still um, not a revolving door. But we still yeah. are constantly hiring people. And we have some seasonal people that during the summer, they come home from school okay, and they work or they're going to school in the fall. And so, like, we it ebbs and flows. Um, managing people, I'd say, is probably the biggest challenge just because they're people mm-hmm. and people yeah. are different. And, you know nobody's going to care about your business as much as you do. And you'd be a fool to think they're going to. So Mm -hmm. you have to manage those expectations too. Yeah. That's, that was the biggest part that we realized. We're like, if we want to remove ourselves from the business and keep expanding, we're going to have to really focus on putting in the right people in the puzzle pieces to get the, the reliability that when we leave, things are still going to flow nicely. So for like the last probably 18 months we've been really focused on building a team that will withstand longevity. Mm-hmm. Cause like Jack said, it's not every six weeks we're hiring someone new, but we can get six months out of people. We're like, okay, that's, that's right. awesome. You know, yeah. that's a good amount of time, especially for the industry we're in. And so, I mean, we've got, we're actually averaging probably retention to be like 12 to 13 months, yeah. which yeah. is ridiculously good. For yeah. Especially the like, food industry and kind of the baristas and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And sometimes it is just like a stepping stone type job. I yeah. mean, it's just Absolutely. the reality well, for of sure it, is. but that's awesome. So kind of talking about building the business and working on the business, kind of what are your guys's next steps? Are is it to expand to other locations? Is it to just expand the products and maybe go to a bigger space? Kind of what's next for cafe Rica? Well, we just did hire a food manager, so that's going to help us stay out of the kitchen. And we're going to be able to actually take a step back and work, like as, as we talked about, on the business, which will be maximizing the customer the average customer ticket or customer spend in our place. Just getting the people what they want 
You know, because like if you don't offer things to people, you're removing their ability to choose if they want to buy an extra side or something right. like that. So we're really going to be working on the culture of our restaurant, being good team members with everybody. And then also we're ramping up this production facility, which yeah. is going it, to, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a brand new thing. We're going to start right now. We co-roast with somebody. We have a, we have a expert. His name's Lee. He's been working with us for years. He's been roasting for us. Like we source the beans. We tell him what profile we want and we work together and get it done. We're going to start taking over roasting. So we bought a roaster. Hopefully soon we're going to be baking in there. You know, we're just trying to vertically integrate our business. And so those are the next steps. Yeah. So basically what Jack's saying is simultaneously while we're expanding our wholesale division, we're really doubling down on managing and running the cafe business to simultaneously grow those at the same time. And then hopefully leading getting those both operating well. We'll expand our wholesale, maybe to Marshall, maybe to Kalamazoo, opening up another location. We're still toying around with that idea. It's not a no, but we've also got a lot of other restaurant concepts in our head that are like, maybe you want to do burgers, maybe you want to do tacos. But it's kind of like the Zingerman's approach where they, like Jack said, vertically integrate, have businesses that work well together so that it's just a nice local economy that we're helping produce. How do you think Battle Creek has helped your situation just being in Battle Creek rather than maybe any other city? Uh, well, we built a huge community from all the way back from the cargo unit. And so it being our hometown, we I think we both, neither of us expected that we'd be here right. now. But we figured that if we're going to be here, we may as well make our city as cool as we want it to be. And so we worked on building that community and they've showed up time and time again. We wouldn't be here without all the fans that we've gotten. And the city is actually has been very helpful. You know, I, we hear a lot from a lot of entrepreneurs, not just in Battle Creek, but everywhere else mm-hmm. that the, you know, the, the municipality isn't very supportive or they're hard to deal with. And we've seen none of that. Mm-hmm. Every entity we've had to work with from the health department, the police, the city, it's all been smooth sailing. If you're just upfront with them and tell them what you want to do, they'll help you out as much as I can. That's yeah. Great. And having that, like, I guess, chipping your shoulder that this is like your hometown and kind of also that comfortability of like, hey, like, I know some people. It's not as scary as going to, I don't know, Grand Rapids or Chicago or Detroit mm-hmm. going, I don't know if this is going to work. That has really helped us out a lot because we have that kind of comfortability that we can be like, all right, we're going to do this for something that's a little bit bigger than us. We'll do this for the city. We'll make it as cool as we want. And that's really helped us grow our community. And and they've been very responsive to that. That's great. Before we kind of wrap things up, I want to kind of ask you guys, if you went back in time at any point, whether it was six months ago or five years ago, what was something that you'd maybe do differently that you kind of wish you would have known now? Well, we've been working with a uh, like a business coach for the last, what, six months now? Something like that? Yeah. Since February. So we've learned a lot of the things that we should have learned earlier. Like, I guess if I had to go back, I would try to hire more management sooner mm-hmm. so we could work on the business and not be in it as much. Okay. But that's kind of a double-edged sword because since we were there every day, we built up relationships and rapports with all the people mm-hmm. that come in. But now that we've been off the line more, I've actually noticed that more people come in and they don't necessarily even know that we own it anymore. Like it used to be everybody who came in knew it, yeah. knew who we were, 
and we were the face. And now we've kind of gone away from that and people just want to go there for the coffee and for the atmosphere and for the people that work there. So being in it so much helped us out for sure. But going back, I would remove ourselves a little bit from the day-to-day more so we could have made it, built a better business sooner. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's much I would change considering where we are now. I think that would be the one thing that was empowering more people around us to kind of take over those smaller things that weigh us down, that we can't expand our business. Kind of like what Jack was saying. I think that would be what I would change, just empowering more people. So I'll kind of hit you guys with the last question. This is a question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, and this might be a a curveball for you, but what would be one piece of advice that you would give another young family, whether they're just starting out, they have a couple of kids, it doesn't have to be business related, it can be literally anything. What would be something that you would give for a piece of advice? I guess just like a, a personal piece of advice that I like to give people is the sooner you start taking accountability for things you do, the better off you're going to be. Cause like if you mess up, just admit it and move on from it. I've tried to be doing that more and I know I can do it more, but I think it just helps your mindset overall better to just say, you know what, that's on me. That's my bad. And then you can just move on. Yeah. Great question. I would probably say be present with what you're doing as a business owner. It's easy to get sidetracked with the business and not live your life with your partner or your family and just dividing your time and, and focusing on what's right in front of you at the moment and living in that moment. That's probably be something I'd give all good pieces. So before we go, what are some ways that people could reach out or where's your shop at? If there's a place that they can buy the coffee, if they don't live in the area, where can they find you? Cool. Uh, we got a website. It's get get cafe Rica. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our shop is at 62 East Michigan Avenue, Suite 100 in downtown Battle Creek. Yeah, and our, our handles are Cafe Rica USA on all of the social medias. And yeah, you can shop 24-7 on our website. We got La Familia in Kalamazoo, Bronson, a lot of places, Horrocks. But yeah, you can always shop online. If you're over in Marshall, Pastrami Joe's has yeah, a cold go. brew and our, uh, our hot coffee there. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowsman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.